All right, so take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Continue on here. I'm enjoying myself so much studying this passage of Scripture. And I find the Lord has been and, uh, really helping me in my personal life by what I, I, I'm learning from 1 Thessalonians, not just in chapter 1. Because when you study a book, you can't just go and study one verse apart from the other the book so you have to study it together and see how it relates and uh, so that's what I've been doing I can't always bring out everything until we get to a certain point and when it's looking at but it's sure has been a blessing to me in first Thessalonians chapter 1 we're just going to read one verse today and that's verse 8 and that's where we're going to stop we're going to just focus on this verse today so it says this for from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place, your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the privilege, Lord, and the, and the honor that we have to be here today. Lord, to be able to take your word, to know it's not man's words, it's not a book written by man, but it's the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to... Uh, learn something, Father, to glean, help us to uh, partake of that bread of life that you have for us today. And Lord, that we would be satisfied because we're, we're in tune, we're listening, we're not distracted by things in this world. And, and Lord, I pray that our uh, the, the cell phones would be all, Father, and we would just be, be listening for you. We wouldn't be uh, thinking about something we're going to be doing later on today or this week. But Lord, I pray that we would take this time to hear from you today. Lord, I love you, and I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We find here Thessalonica was a very conveniently situated or located uh, city for traffic. Many merchants traded through Macedonia and Achaia and in different parts of Greece. And through these, the fame of the Thessalonians, uh, having received the doctrine of the gospel, it was carried far and wide. And so it wasn't just something that took place. It hit there. But it was like a wildfire, and that's kind of how salvation is. When it takes over somebody's life, it spreads, and it influences other people, or it should. And we, we find that in our lives, we'll find that influence going out to other people, whether it's received in a good way or received in a bad way, that influence is still there because it's the truth of the gospel. First thing I want you to notice, it's very important here. In the first part of verse 8, it says, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. So I want you to notice here, for from you. For from you. Now, today in our vernacular, when I would say, um, hey, you, well, everybody would turn and look at me, but I would be talking about an individual, would I not? I would say, hey, you, and, and the person uh, that I was talking to would turn around and look at me, and then I could can, can, you know, have a conversation with them. Uh, can I say all believers are called to be witnesses, but not all believers are good witnesses? And we've said that before. A change has taken place in the lives of these people, these believers, and that change was the Lord Jesus. When He comes into your heart, there's some things that will change. The world around it will know. The word you here is used as plural. The, the KJV, our King James Bible, is very accurate. Let me show you what I mean. Look back in... in Luke chapter 22, if you would. In Luke chapter 22, we find something very interesting here. Uh, the, the remark was made this morning with the trivia questions. Oh, what is the word? Well, 
one word make, can make a difference. Just one word can make a difference. It's very important that we understand that. In Luke chapter 22, look in verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Who was he talking to? He's not talking to just Simon. He's talking to the group. Satan hath desired you to sift you a wheat. And then he talks specifically to Peter in the next verse when he says, but I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. So we find here in verse 8 where it says, for from you. The church is one body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20 says, but now are they many members, but yet but one body. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4 says there is one body and one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. As a Christian, we, are, we have received the light of the word of God. We have received salvation, have we not? A light has taken place. The Bible talks about lovers of darkness because their deeds are continually evil. But when that light comes in, it sheds light on something. That gospel, when you understand the gospel and you accept that and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior, there's a light placed in you and then you become the light of the world. You become a light in the world. So we find that at salvation, your candle has been lit. That's salvation. Your candle then, after salvation, needs to be placed into a candle holder. It needs to be put on a stand, and that is the church that you're placed into. That is God's will for each and every individual that trusts Christ is to be placed in the church so that they may glorify God. You say, well, aren't we all just part of of the big universal church. No, it's more important than that. When he talks about the church, and we're talking about the church, we're specifically talking about River Valley Baptist Church. That is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we speak of today. We find that this group of believers, this assembly, this church sounded out the word of the Lord. They didn't say, well, I'll go to church, but that other stuff, it's not for me. I'm going to attend church there I'll be a member there, but I'm not going to get involved in all the outreach and everything else that's going on. That's a little too much for me. But when you are a part of the church, you have no choice because you're part of the outreach of the church. This church was and is an example to other churches of what a church should be. It should not be just a select few in the church that are to reach the lost. It should be the church as a whole. He is talking to us. When we hear in John 15, 8, is it John 15, 8? No, I'm sorry. 15, 16, I believe, where he says, and he said, go, in, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If, you know who he's talking to, church? He's talking to us. He's talking to River Valley Baptist Church. He's telling us to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, meaning that the world needs to hear, and it's our responsibility to tell them. And we can do that by ourselves, but we also do it by missions. 
reaching the world through missions through in, in Greenland, up in Camelton, Dalhousie area, um, and over in um, India. My word, in, in, in churches that we have taken part in where by supporting the Ring family, when they go to churches and they preach to the deaf, they're having a deaf revival here this fall. And it's geared for people who have never heard somebody sing Jesus Saves. Can you imagine? We just sang a song here a minute ago at, um, at Calvary. Is that the one we sang at Calvary? They've never heard somebody say Calvary. They've never heard that. They've never heard the sweet song of amazing grace. And you know what? Somebody's going and telling them in their language that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And we, as a church, are taking part in that. And God says, that is what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. So when it comes to supporting missions, it shouldn't just be a, a select few of the people. We as a church, we, we say, we're going to do this. We're going to support with our finances. And we're going to support with our prayer. That's for every one of us. We also see it says, in, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Sounded out the word of the Lord. The word you sounded out, it refers to the sounding of a trumpet. And the idea is that the gospel was proclaimed like a trumpet, echoing from place to place. And that's the way it should be. Our church should be a sounding out outpost. Amen. We should be a, a lighthouse in this community. And no matter what this city votes in, no matter what kind of flags our city or town flies or what they have in the parades or whatever they're going to have, this church needs to be, as Brother John said, a safe place where people can come and they can hear the trumpet of the Lord. Amen. The sounding out of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10 says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. It's important we understand that the Lord's day, what the Lord's day is. Amen. Isaiah, as I was reading this week in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 1, cry aloud, the Bible says, spare not, lift up thy voice like a, what? Trumpet. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. We need to be people of the book. We looked at in Sunday school this morning. The world talks about, you know, well, we're going to face this and we're going to face that. And the world in their culture, they will. But our culture is not of this world. We have a different culture. I understand, you know, the, the way we dress. We don't dress like um, they do over in India. When the, the Prats come here, a lot of times they'll wear their, the, the, the garbs from India. And showing that's where they're from. That's, you know, and I, and I think they should do that. Because they can't go over there and, and dress like they're from Maine or Wisconsin or where, uh, I think, yeah, Maine and Wisconsin, where they're from, and, and, and reach people and try to make them like they are. But we try to make people like he is. Our culture is not in this world. The world says, well, the kids are going to do this and people are going to do this. And it's, it's just normal that people have these feelings. And it's not, folks. For us, it's not. And we got to make sure that we understand that. Don't just go giving in to the philosophies of the world because they say, well, it's just our culture. Well, it's our culture. You know, people, I've had a man tell me one time, he's like, well, uh, we were talking about, uh, at the time, I was still 
heavily involved in construction and I hunt. And he's like, well, man, if you do construction work and, and you hunt, you must drink a lot of beer. I said, nope, never have. What? Well, you can't be in that culture and not drink. I said, oh, absolutely I can. <coughs> he's like, you never drink. He said, never have. Praise the Lord and hopefully praise God that I never will. Amen. You say, well, I, uh, but that's a culture there. No, that's not my culture. My culture's of the Lord. My culture's of the Lord. Well, why do you talk that way? Because it's my culture. That's where I'm from. That's the way they speak in my country that I'm going to. In my country, we don't say certain words because that's not our culture. Amen. Sounded out the word of the Lord. My Bible tells me I'm not of this world, but my citizenship is in heaven. It tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And I ask you today, what's your affection set on? What is your affection? Well, it's simply, simply it's put, it's this. It's what you care about and what you think about most often. That's your affection. I love my family. And I, I'll be totally honest, my, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love every one of them. I am very involved in their lives. Very involved. I mean, I see what they do. I, I might not always correct it immediately, but if something needs correcting, it is. If I see it, it is always corrected. Because I care about them. I care about them because I know that the only hope they have, they have, of being saved is to learning is learning to obey and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think about? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 finally brethren whatsoever things are true whatsoever things are honest whatsoever things are just whatsoever things are pure whatsoever things are lovely Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. We should not glorify the drug culture of our day. Oh, but that's cool, man. We play games, and we're, we are the kingpin. Uh, we are the drug lord in our... Are you kidding me? Or I'm the greatest assassinate... Assass um, uh, um, what, I can assassinate anybody. I'm the I'm the great executioner. Boy, look at my games and all. What are we glorifying? What are we thinking on? What are we, what is our affections on? Think on these things. On these things. If I could get people, if listen, if River Valley Baptist Church could be an example to the world, to other churches, to say, listen, you don't have to live in that culture. You don't have to participate in the things that goes on in this old world. And just because we're in this world, I had a preacher tell me one time, you better let your kids live a little bit out in the world or they're going to leave. I said, no, sir. I said, just to be totally honest with you, I was never allowed to enjoy the things of the world when I was growing up. And there came to a certain point in my life when I realized, hey, my parents did me a favor. And I'm going to do my kids the exact same favor. And I'm going to try to protect them from this whole world as long as I possibly can. You say, well, how, when will they know? When will they know? I had one man sit down in our home and he, 
really rebuked Josie and I because we weren't educating our kids in certain things that are going on in the world. To my response is, they're my kids that we God has allowed us to raise. I'm going to raise them according to the Word of God. I don't care who writes a book and says you need to do it this way or that way. It does not take place of the Word of God. God gives us a manual for raising kids. Amen. It's very simple. Just follow the Word of God. You ever heard the saying that he's so heavenly minded that he's no earthly good? I wish that could be said about me. I'm so heavenly minded, I'm just no earthly good. Just thinking about going home. Just thinking about that day when we'll go home, praise the Lord. I can't help it. Like I took my walk last night and was, was praying and I couldn't help. I just got a chuckle out of it, what happened a couple weeks ago. But that big old bird, I don't know what it was, flew over the top of me. And just boom. And I, from that point, I mean, I've just been looking up. I'm telling you, I'm ready. <laughs> been making sure I'm ready to go. Keeping the old count was settled long ago and keeping the short account, amen. I'm ready to go. He's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. I don't think that's possible, to be honest with you. I think the more heavenly minded you are, the better you'll do on the earth for the Lord. But I believe that you can be so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. And too many times, folks, I'd have to admit you, that's probably, I'm more guilty of that than I am of being heavenly minded. James Knox wrote a book on, on the New Testament, kind of a New Testament survey. And what he says in there is said there's no such thing as, no such creature as a silent Christian. Those who know Christ confess him before men. They do not sound out dogmas, creeds, or denominational affiliation. True believers proclaim the word. It says here, they sounded out the word. They sounded out the word. Of the Lord. Tomorrow, if you were given permission to have an audience with the Prime Minister, what would you talk about? I tell you, I would get in there and say, we need to do this, and, and why would you do that? Or would you go in there and say, the Bible says, the Bible says you must be born again. The Bible says that Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, I think a lot of times we, we are so earthly minded that we forget about why we're still here. We aren't saved. Just hey, listen, if God didn't want us to stay here and work for him and preach the gospel, we'd be saved and gone immediately. But he's left us here. He didn't send the angels to go and preach the gospel to the world, but he sent Christians. The angels have never been redeemed. We have been. I mean, it's thinking, I'm going to send my people who I redeemed with my own blood and they're going to tell the world, they're going to tell their families, they're going to tell their neighbors what I did for them. It sounded out the word of the Lord. It says not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Their influence had an effect of bringing the gospel in other places. We know that can be done through missions, giving, and, and, and praying for missionaries. The influence of River Valley Baptist Church is not only in the town of Woodstock. Oh, it's here. Yes, absolutely. Because this is where we come and meet. And we have our signs in the window. We put our scripture signs up. 
and this is where we meet. People know that, and it's being having an impact on this town for us being here. But River Valley Baptist Church reaches farther than that. It's out on 59 McGann Road in Limestone. It's in, 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 in Jacksonville. It's over in, it, it is in Woodstock. It's in Richmond Corner. It's down in Sherman. It's down in, in, in uh, Skiff Lake. It's, it's where you are because you are the church. You are the church. The influence of this church should not, or it should be felt wherever you live, wherever you work, or wherever you play. The influence of this church now in Fort Kent, I mean, we're spread all over the world, amen? And we all come here to meet. But our influence travels from here out to there and makes an impact. Makes an impact. And the Lord looks down and says, you're doing what I've called you to do. You're doing what I've commanded you to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. In other words, he's saying, no matter what you do, be a witness. Be a witness. A witness is knocking on doors, telling people the gospel. Can I give you this gospel track? The witness is, as, as, as Tim said here a while back, walking over to a fellow who's waiting on a bus and hitting him a gospel track. That's a witness. Witness is also on, on your lunch break. There's people sitting around and you sit down and you say, Dear Lord, thank you for the food that you provided for me today. Witnesses also, like, oh, what are we going to do? We have this big problem that's going to take place. Hey, I'm, I'm going to pray about that. That's being a witness. How you live your life. What you say. You should not, listen, can I tell you this? We should not use the words of the world to try to fit in. We should be different. We should be different. It shouldn't take somebody two minutes around you that's never met you to know that you're a Christian just by what you do and what you don't say. They sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It was one of our memory verses. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. In Colossians 3, verse 23, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You say, well, I'm, I'm, you know, this boss that I have, I'm telling you right now, they're hard and boys. But you're not really working for them. You're working for the Lord. You're working for the Lord. That job, I, I, I've worked for fel- with fellows before that tried to put stuff up. and they. I remember one time a guy put it up with something, stuck up something with bubble gum. And I was like, that's not going to work. He's like, it'll work as long as I'm here. As soon as I'm gone, I don't care. You know what? He was working for man, ultimately working for himself. He didn't realize, I mean, he wasn't a Christian. But if he would have been a Christian, he'd realize that we're not working for man. We're doing it as unto the Lord. Meaning here is that in all the places where they went, the effect of their faith was seen and spoken of. Listen, I I love when people hear, they ask me, oh, you're a pastor, where, pastor of, of where? River Valley Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I know so-and-so. They go there. Boy, that just makes me feel good. Because that means that somebody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Somebody's being a witness like they should be. 
Our actions, words, and deeds should all sound out the word of the Lord. Should always sound out the word of the Lord. It says here, your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Spread abroad. To Godward. No longer directed to idols and idol worship. It's to Godward. Their faith to Godward. Can I ask us, what is our faith in today? Is our faith in our jobs? Is our faith in, in the economy? Is our faith in our income? How about our reputation? Their faith in God was a testimony to everyone that they came in contact with. And that's how it should be for a Christian. Our faith should not be contained by the four walls of this church. But it should reach out to our neighbors, to our friends and our families. In our schools, where we go for recreation, it should reach out. No matter where we go, our faith should be known. Because it's not us. It's the word of the Lord. So many Christians today have bought into the lie that our faith is to be kept within the church house. Well, we can be Christians, and we're going to be good Christians, and we're doing God a great favor by coming to church. This is where church should be. You know, if, if you've ever knocked on three doors in your life, you're going to have somebody tell you that, hey, that's, that stuff needs to be kept on in church on Sundays. No, it's not. That's for us to go out and to preach the gospel to them. If Christians, we could understand that, my goodness, some things could change. Some things could change. We gather together to worship our Lord, to be challenged from His Word, to live a more holy life in this old wicked world that we live in. The Bible says, tells us in Titus chapter 2, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the church house. No, it doesn't. Soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Right here in the now. Not back then. Not back then. Back then as well as today. Right here, right now. Yeah, but you don't understand. Look at the flags flying. Look at the, the parades and the, the floats and the parade. Look in this present world. We are to live godly in this present world. There's no excuse for a Christian not to live a godly life with all that we've been given by the Lord. We find that the effect of the gospel on these people in Thessalonica was so striking that the report of it went through all Macedonia and Achaia. And from there, the gospel was spread abroad in all other places, in all other places. It goes on to say, so that we need not to speak anything. We need not to speak anything. Now this could mean that the gospel had been spread by this church, that there was no need for him to proclaim it where they had already been. Certainly that's, I believe what we're talking about. I've knocked on doors uh, just just last week, we, I went up to a lady I saw on the street. I was talking to her and talking, telling her about our VBS. And she was smiling and going like this. And I looked down at her hand. She was holding one of our flyers. It's like, somebody already got you, didn't they? She's like, yes. It's like, well, but did they tell you? <laughs> I bet they didn't tell you about this, you know. Praise the Lord. There was no need for me to go to her 
didn't hurt, but there was no need for me because she had already been told. I praise the Lord, but I, I, I love it when I knock on the door and say, yeah, yeah, so-and-so was, has already been here uh, last month. Hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. But could we think about it this way? It could also mean that their lives were so holy, so godly, that there was no explanation needed when it came to who they were and what had taken place in their life. I know we're going to close, but it breaks my heart to think of the many times that I've had to explain a sinful action of another believer to an unbeliever. It breaks my heart the amount of times that I've actually talked to people in their homes, that I've knocked on their door to give them the gospel, and they said, oh, yeah, 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 I know, I understand all that. My dad was a pastor, or, or yeah, my dad was a deacon. My mom, she was heavily involved in the church, and she did all that. Now, I know the way that they lived. It breaks my heart. Talk to somebody, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been, I, I was raised in church. I knew all about that. I could take you, and I could show you people my age right now that who will have nothing to do with the Lord, nothing to do with His church, because of people in the church. It breaks my heart. You say, well, that shouldn't be. Just, I, and I, I, I say, listen, you just, whatever. Come on. Put your big boy pants on and be your own man. It's not about what so-and-so did. They, but you know what's sad? That they actually come to that point in their life. When they say, if that's a Christian, I don't want nothing to do with it. Just, just this week, I was talking to a man. And he found out I was a pastor. And he's like, oh, really? And he proceeded to tell me about another pastor that he was doing business with that called him up and just ripped him out. And he said, I couldn't believe that a pastor would do that. And I said, oh, we're just men. We have our failures like everybody else. And this man claims to be a Christian. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. But that wasn't a very good example of somebody who claims to be a Christian. So many times I've had to explain the ungodly actions of so-called Christians to my kids. Try to explain it to kids who just like, their minds are fresh. They look at, you're a Christian, you don't do certain things. And they say, but dad, why? You just, what do you say? What do you say? Well, they're not really saved. Oh, really? So just because, you know, um, somebody accepts Christ doesn't mean they're saved. They might, later on, they might have to get saved. You can't say that. You can't say that. Church, it, that shouldn't be so. It shouldn't be so. Our reputation is it's not ours. It's the Lord's. It's His reputation. It's, it's His name. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. It's not about us anymore. It's not about our lives and our reputation because now it's His life. It's His reputation. We are now His. Amen? 
So now we have to worry about how we live our lives. And that's not just talking about what we say. Certainly it is. But it's how we live our lives. You, If you are saved today, you call yourself a what? Somebody tell me. What do you call yourself? You call yourself a Christian. The Bible says they were called Christians first in Antioch. Why? Because they were like Christ. They were like Christ. Don't take that name for vain. Don't take it in vain. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, let your conversation. Now, conversation doesn't mean, so everybody knows, it doesn't mean we're standing here having a conversation. It's talking about your life. Your life, your reputation, who you are, how you live your life. Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Our life should be the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know why we're here? Do you know why we're still here? Our lives should be about the gospel. Everything we say, everything that we do should be about the gospel. Hebrews chapter 11, or sorry, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. Conversation or life be without covetousness. Oh, I want this. I've got to have that. I'm going to get this. No matter what, I'm going to get it. I want it. I want it. I want it. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things that you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Think about this just, just yesterday. We had a, a tight week with things that was going on, with getting things for the Bible school and things. And as far as groceries, we were able to go, and, as we would normally do, go and, and buy groceries for the week. Do you know what we did last night? We sat down. We had a really good meal. We just used some things that we had. And it was really good. In some parts of the world, it had been a feast. You say, well, yeah, we're really suffering. No, because we're satisfied. We're content with with such things as we have. Why? Because we have the Lord. We have the Lord. Can I ask you today, Christian, is your life a witness? Is your life a witness? You'd have to say yes. If your life is a witness, what kind of a witness is it? Is it good or bad? Is it a life that becometh the gospel? Or is it about you and what you want in this life? About how you're going to reach your goals in your life. I'm not against goals and reaching goals. I'm not preaching to say that you shouldn't have certain goals in your life that you need to reach. Absolutely, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying first and foremost, above your goals that you have for yourself, it should be the gospel to the lost and dying world. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd use this message, Father, as to help these people as it's helped me, Father. Lord, I, I love you. And I pray, Lord, as we pause just for a minute to give time to your people, Lord, to to examine ourselves. I pray that you would follow have the preeminence in our lives. Lord, I love you and I pray this in Jesus' name.